address the firearms issue because I think you all deserve clear answers on where I stand, although I'm sure that many, for many of you will be redundant because what I'm going to tell you is what I have been doing for the last 17 years. My position on firearms has actually not changed one iota since I got elected to Parliament back in 2004. And I think that's important because politicians will tell you what you want to hear right before they seek your vote. You shouldn't believe them unless it's consistent with what you've seen from them in prior years. And so I'm just going to reiterate where I have stood, where I stand, and where I will stand after this leadership race is over. In every vote, and in the 70 statements, 7-0, I've made in the chamber on firearms issues, I've said the same thing. I support law-abiding firearms owners, the people who are licensed, who are vetted, who are trained and tested, while I simultaneously believe in much more severe criminal sanctions for those who violate the criminal code in order to harm other people with firearms. That is my stance, and that will obviously be my stance. in order to abolish the liberal long gun registry. I voted in favor of the Common Sense Firearms Licensing Act. I voted against Bill C-71 and other liberal attacks on lawful hunters and sports shooters. And once again, we see the same liberal approach to this subject. Once again, uh, Justin Trudeau, with the support of Jean Charest, who has announced that he endorses all of Justin Trudeau's policies on firearms, are engaged in the same show business that epitomizes all of their policies. You see, they're not really interested in protecting the public. They're interested in spreading fear based on people's uh, what people have seen in movies and what they see on American television. They spend fortunes targeting law-abiding firearms owners while they simultaneously reduce penalties on the criminals that arm our streets. So here are the facts about what Trudeau is actually doing. The billions that he is currently spending, of course, in order to target lawful, law-abiding, vetted, trained, and tested firearms owners will not lead to a single solitary criminal turning over their guns to the government. By definition, criminals break the law. A new law will not change that. What they are doing instead is diverting a billion dollars that could otherwise be going to solving the real problem, which is border-based gun smuggling, uh, in order to go after the people in this room. So here are the facts. According to the Toronto Police, 80% of the firearms used to commit crimes in Toronto are actually smuggled in the, into the United States. They're already illegal. Banning the lawful owners in this room will do nothing to change that. There's not a single solitary gun that will be taken from a gangster, an organized crime ring, or a smuggler by the recent arbitrary decisions of the government. The classifications by this government have been based on arbitrary edict. They've been unpredictable, and they've not been based on what a gun does, but on how it looks. This is made for Hollywood show business, not public safety. And the irony 
is that while they have brought in these new measures, they have simultaneously just introduced new laws to reduce penalties on those who commit crimes. Uh, and this is the horrible record that they that they are that they're actually putting forward. They have reduced penalties for gun smuggling, for um, for extortion with a firearm, and for discharging a firearm with the intent to do bodily harm. Isn't aren't those exactly the types of offenses that we should be countering, rather than going after the people who follow the law? In fact, I want to quote from you a very thoughtful committee minority report the conservative delegation just recently filed uh, at the uh, at the public safety committee i'm going to quote from the, some of the facts that they uh, recounted the committee heard that approximately 80 percent of the firearms used in violent crime in toronto are illegally smuggled from the united states for example the deputy police chief of the toronto police service explained the city's experience is that guns are not from law-abiding citizens that are being used in crime. Their guns being smuggled in from the United States. Those engaged in the handling of those firearms are not law-abiding licensed gun owners. They are criminals with no license. Further, Marcel Wilson, who is the founder and president of the One by One Movement, an organization founded by gangs, former gangsters, extremists, and organized crime members to help identify and address violence, uh, found that, again, almost all of the firearms that come into the possession of extremist groups and criminals are brought in over the border. The, the people in this room, therefore, are not the problem, right? And the, the problem is that we inspect almost none of the shipments that come across our borders. Uh, the, the head of the Customs and Border Union said that there is nearly, is nearly a 0% chance that if a firearm is concealed within a package going across the border, that it will be discovered by our border service agents because there are not enough resources to do so. Meanwhile, the government is diverting a billion dollars to going after lawful, licensed, trained, and tested firearms owners, and in some cases, going after airsoft guns and paintball guns and some of the 22 caliber rifles that you would expect to see uh, a farmer use to go after gophers or to shoot a few pop cans uh, at the end of a long day. And so that is that is the how the government is effectively, if unintended, missing the target. My approach is to do precisely the opposite, to treat all of you with the respect you deserve, to fight crime and protect your rights at the same time. I will simplify the classification rules using plain language based on scientific and empirical qualities of each firearm. In other words, they should be classified by what they do, not how they look. And I will rely on an expert task force to define the criteria by which this will occur. And that task force will include farmers, Olympic sports shooters, First Nations, hunters, frontline law enforcement, technical experts like gun collectors. They will put together a simple, clear criteria that will determine how we classify each firearm. Our move, criminal penalties for honest paperwork mistakes, like missing a renewal deadline. And I'll reject a costly long gun registry, like the one that the Liberals brought in. Yes.
lines that uh, liberal Prime Minister Jean Chrétien brought in in the 90s and like the one that Jean Charest brought in when he was liberal premier in the province of Quebec. I won't stop there. I'll also strengthen law enforcement to go after the real criminals. Uh, we, will bring, we will bring in tough five-year mandatory minimum sentences for gun offenses to deliberately causing bodily harm, gun smuggling, illegal trafficking of arms. I'll ban those convicted of domestic violence from owning firearms. And I'll create the enforced weapons prohibition order so that those who have committed crimes and have been banned from owning firearms will actually be stopped from using them. So that is essentially the difference here. The Liberals are actually not proposing to ban firearms in practice. What they're proposing is to ban people. They're proposing to ban the people who follow the law and respect the rules and have proven that they are safe in using those tools. What they are not proposing to do is ban the criminals who actually carry out the violence. They will go on having free, unabated use of firearms, which they pick up on the black market. Those are the people that we have to target, and that is exactly what I will do. Now, you know... Now, let me tell you why this leadership race is so important in this regard. Jean Charest not only brought in a long gun registry, and announced that he supports all of Justin Trudeau's firearms. His, he is not as bad as Justin Trudeau on firearms. He is worse. His, his long gun registry in Quebec is actually worse than the one that Trudeau set up surreptitiously through C-71. So imagine this scenario, if you will, for a moment. Instead of just having a liberal government attacking our hunters and lawful sports shooters, imagine having them egged on by a conservative leader who is even worse on that subject. That would be a catastrophe for the people who are in this room and the people who wish to lawfully use firearms across the country. Furthermore, Patrick Brown has a track record of saying whatever he has to to win somebody's vote and then doing precisely the opposite the minute after he has won it. He said he'd be against a carbon tax when he ran to be the PC leader in Ontario, and then as soon as he took the job, he enthusiastically endorsed Trudeau's carbon tax and said that he would do Trudeau's job of imposing that tax on Ontario motorists and Ontario homeowners trying to keep their homes. The last thing we need is someone who will say something during the leadership race only to flip-flop afterwards. I'm not asking you to entrust me on the basis of my good looks. <laughs> I'm asking you to trust 17 years of consistency, standing with Gary and everyone else, that you know where I stand when I promise you something. Before a leadership race, it will remain the same thing I say after the leadership race, and it will be the same thing I look back upon after I retire from my 15th year as Prime Minister of Canada.